Welcome to Risky Standard, an actual play podcast featuring a rowdy group of best friends playing tabletop role-playing games together. I am your host and GM, Mitch Brewster. You can find me on Twitter at MagnesiumB. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Standard Risky. And uh, in addition to all of those, if you ever want to come and chat about the show, see some you know inspiration images and dumb memes that we post, uh, some kind of like campaign maps, things like that, uh, you can check out our Discord. A uh, link to that is in the show notes. With me today, we've got Pete Loftus. Hey, I'm Pete. I'm also on Twitter at Chip Enjoyer. We've got Malcolm Hall. Hey, uh, I'm on uh, Discord. Horde Scrum, I just posted on the Discord for the first time. I was talking about how uh, gosh darn hilarious episode 14 was. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, I finished editing it today and it just posted a little bit ago. Uh, and of course, we've also got Timothy Manns. Hey, guys. Uh, glad to be here. Um, if I seem like I'm doing really well, it's because I'm doing this from an isolation tank and there's nothing to distract me. Um, <laughs> so just, just know that. Uh, but if you want, you can distract me later uh, on Twitter at axe.order <laughs> or axe order. Now that's a fucking <laughs> intro. That's what I'm saying. Top to bottom. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, as always, we are playing Beam Saber by Austin Ramsey. You can find Beam Saber over on it's Austin's itch.io page. I believe uh, there's... Currently, at the moment, they're looking into getting some reprints going for the hardcover of Beam Saber, which I believe has already sold out on Indie Press Revolution. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, maybe there'll be some more movement on that and you can go get yourself a hardcover of it because it's a real nice looking book. Tell you what. So yeah, today we are continuing our campaign. We are going to be jumping right into the action for our, our ongoing mission. So I'll give us like a little recap here, and then I think, you know, we can just get into it. Uh, but, you know, we are, as we have been the last few sessions, at the Lost Crown Saloon, where a foray tournament called the Diadem Royale has been held. Uh, Rhodes has been here competing, while Desmond and Carta have been in disguise as the ring journalist Gall Teller and the ring cultural liaison Siegfried Spendlove trying to take hold of the target seller Montag's personal network device. Uh, so last we had left off, uh, Desmond had finally been able to steal Sellers Montag's coat, in the pocket of which was this personal network device, without his notice, uh, while Carta drew attention to the Concordat cleric Almuric Yet, who was chanting over a sort of quicksilver necklace that she'd been holding in the corner of the VIP box. And the attention drawn to her caused her to throw that necklace to the ground, uh, resulting in the creation of a sort of quicksilver mirrored portal. Uh, through which stepped Hyacinth Corin, intercessor for the Order of the Oculi, a synthetic thaumaturge from the Concordat, who is also Rhodes's rival. 
and Hyacinth stepped out of this portal uh, and then out onto the Foray Arena game board, uh, firing a powerful fundamental weapon at Rhodes in an attempt to kill him. Rhodes was just barely able to dodge. And that's kind of where we left off, right? With uh, with Hyacinth striding forward towards Rhodes. Uh, and I think, you know, kind of chaos starting to erupt across the arena. And I'll, I'll do us a little bit of setup in a second and kind of give us like the, the exact picture. But is there any, any questions or anything we wanted to address here at the top before we get back into it? No, just, just so th- this is like, and I'm just trying to remind this for myself too. This is not technology anyone would have seen anywhere else. None of us like... So yeah, so this like um yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so like the yeah, this like creation of this mirrored portal and stepping through it is definitely a a level of technology or of like fundamental ability that is not the kind of thing that you would ever see regularly. Okay. Um, and I you know like I think it's yeah not a thing that any of you have the capability of doing. I think it's a thing you would ever see if you'd ever even heard of someone doing something like this. I think is like you know maybe in rumors or whispers about the things that the Concordat can do, right? And um, this is like one thing that we know is that the Concordat have a a mastery over the fundament and an ability to use it that kind of far exceeds both what the Commonwealth and the Ring are generally capable of. Uh, and so yeah yeah whatever he did at this portal, you know teleportation like this in general is like. If not, like I said, if not unheard of, extremely rare and weird. You know, this was not a thing anyone would have expected. It was not something anyone was prepared to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think in terms of, like, reaction for both Carta, Desmond, uh, and, and even Rhodes, right? This is, like, a pretty fucking wild thing to see happen in front of you. <laughs> I guess I just wanted to make sure that that was, yeah, just so I don't say anything dumb. Like, ah, oh, I remember, you know. Or, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I did this once. <laughs> yeah, no, no. This is, like, um, this is, you know, some weird, uh, like, space magic. And so, yeah, when we, you know, we left off with Hyacinth Corrin marching across the like flickering game board of the the foray arena towards Rhodes. But I think I kind of want to start with like the camera pulling back up to the VIP box and kind of maybe fill in those like missing moments in between Hyacinth landing and firing this strange fundamental weapon, kind of get us back up to speed there. Okay, I guess then if we're pulling back up to that, the first question I have is, I know that the general rule of the room was that no one can bring guns in, right? That's a, yeah. That was a big mm-hmm. thing. Are we seeing anyone besides the guards stationed there who are like, well, obviously I didn't fucking do that. And like are pulling out weapons or are there any weapons in there besides like what guards were stationed by the door or what would people who work for or are in the lily pad uh, lounge, you know, that are showing that they are armed just thinking about where guns might be acquired or what is being pulled out around there were there were two armed guards in the in the vip box with you Mm -hmm. in addition to the the kylaxian bodyguard of rebus actual this enormous kind of rock person um but those two they got yeah those two human guards they were swiftly dealt with by Hyacinth Corrin upon his arrival. They opened fire. He created mirrored portals that redirected their own weapons fire at them uh, and was able to just kind of like eliminate them almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, So their weapons have fallen to the ground near them, presumably. But I think otherwise, you know, let me set the scene a little bit, right? So yeah, Hyacinth Corrin has just stepped through this portal, taken these guards out. You know, he gave this like a little speech announcing himself and the fact that he was here to pursue Rhodes uh, and he has leapt off the balcony. Uh, and, you know, I think that there's like a little bit of a this moment of unsurety and like stillness and kind of, you know, like the calm before the storm. 
right? Where I think um, uh, Almeric Yet, the the Concordat cleric, is kind of standing in this this bubble of space that has formed around her. You know, no one is near her right now. Everyone is kind of backed as far away from where she was and where this this portal was, right? All of the VIPs and everyone kind of like pulled back a little bit. I think Sellers Montag, his bodyguard, the synthetic Python Noate, this kind of big four-armed machine man in a, uh, he's in a brown suit, right? He has like stepped in front of Sellers and I think uh, all four of his arms have kind of like fully extended now, right? So he's kind of got his body out. He's shielding Sellers a little bit from Almeric yet and the space where this, uh, where Hyacinth Corrin just was. And, you know, at the back of the room, I think uh, Rebus Actual has kind of moved closer to the door, but has not gone through the door yet. And I think, you know, in kind of a pretty similar pose, right? Uh, River, uh, his Kylaxian bodyguard, she has kind of placed herself in between Rebus and Almeric yet. Uh, and so there's, yeah, there's kind of like, you know, a lot of empty space around Almeric at the moment. I think you can kind of see, you know, Desmond, you're also at the back of the room. You're near the door. You're fairly close to Rebus Actual. Well, Carta, I think at the time, you know, if we're thinking about spacing wise, you were probably mm-hmm. still kind of in the crush of the VIPs, right? Who are kind right. of in a cluster, but who have kind of like, you know, they've 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 cleared room for the pit, basically, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and so I think that's kind of where you are at. And so I'll, I'll just give it to you. I think that this is, I think this is what happens next in that moment afterwards, right? And then you can kind of you two can tell me what you were doing. So I think the space is kind of cleared around Elmeric yet, and I think she is still standing there, right? Kind of in this aftermath of Hyacinth's arrival. You know, I think you said before she's like wearing these kind of like uh, really fancy embroidered purple robes with like golden uh, like writing and embroidery hands heavy with rings. Uh, and then she's got kind of like a uh, tiara or like a crown in her hair that has the, the seven spoked wheel at the front. And you can see these like uh, kind of oracalcum rune tattoos coming up her sleeves or coming up like upper arms out of the edges of her sleeves. Uh, and I think her eyes still have this kind of like faint glow to them. She's kind of coursing with fundamental energy. Uh, and, you know, I think in this in, in this beat after Hyacinth has jumped down, she's kind of like looking wildly from person to person here, kind of waiting to see what the next move is. Eyes darting from left to right, ready to react if anyone moves towards her. Uh, and I think she speaks. You are all weak given over to pitiful and worldly concerns. We move with a higher purpose. Stand in our way and be burnt away by the harsh light of clarity. And I think, uh, like I said, her hands are heavy with rings. I think that there's like a particularly heavy one on her right hand that starts to kind of pulse with a, a, a faint blue glow. And then out from it, bursting forth, emerges like a shimmering, short blade of light, this kind of like crackling blue fundamental energy, mm. uh, you know, kind of almost like a, um, what would you call them? Like a punch dagger? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gladiator stuff. Right. But it's like, you know, hot plasmic energy extending, you know, like three inches out of her right hand. I think she kind of, you know, gives like a, a loose, lazy swipe in the air in front of her just as like a threatening gesture. You know, then glances back over her shoulder, back down the balcony to see if Hyacinth has has finished with Rhodes yet. And he obviously has not. Uh, and so I think that is like where time resumes for us, right? This is uh, where we are at. So what are you guys doing? What's going on? Well, she seems kind of like she, right? Or they? Sorry. It's she. She. She, she 
kind of seems like she's given off a cat backed into a corner kind of vibe, but that cat also seems to be the only one armed, um, which is fucked. Um, I want to try to get over to get to one of the guns of the guards that have been dispatched and see if in the scuffle I can kind of just slide under there and whether I you know, use it to immediately start firing or not, or at least get into a waistband so I can use it when the time is right, I think is really more of what I'm trying to do. But um, yeah, I think it's in the confusion of the crowd using some of my acting abilities that I've been showcasing all night um, to look <laughs> like I'm scared and running, but I'm really just trying to get to one of those guns that is slid across the floor and have it for when I, I need to pull it. Um, all right, this sounds like a roll to me, right? This is yeah. like, there's, I think, definitely risk here. What do you think that you're doing here? What do you think the move is? Oh, it's probably finesse. No, I mean, that's handling. I can see prowl, right? And prowl. You, okay. you move with grace and precision. You might. Oh, okay. Yeah, prowl. That actually does make more sense. If you're trying to do it without being seen, is that the Yeah, kind of ducking the... from people who are looking or escaping the eye of, um, you know, anyone who might not want me to have a gun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think I'm just trying to get get to one of those guns. Well, still keeping an eye, you know, on Almeric uh, and Seller, or, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds like a prowl roll to me. I think this is risky standard to start with. Okay. Great. Uh, <laughs> so it looks like you, you have one in prowl, prowl to start yeah. with. I only have two stress left, so I'm not pushing myself for No, anything. no, it'd be, it'd be a, a gnarly push right now. Yeah, I think it might just be that, unless there's... Uh, uh, Desmond could help you by like if, kicking the gun some... towards me, or uh... oh yeah, yeah th th those are interesting options. Yeah, if Des wants to help, I mean uh, again, I don't. Let's see, where, where you with stress Des too too hmm? stress just to kick. I'm looking at yeah. him and I'm like I'm like what the fuck are you doing? Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole time Tim you're talking about crawling around and like hand it over here, dude, over here, bro, over here. Yeah, and I'm like <laughs> yeah. I'm open. I I'm also open. don't. <laughs> Um, I want to have a gun. <laughs> I want to have a gun. I don't know. They can't I feel get, a lot you know, better. They can't get to roads. Who knows? They might come after us. Better to have it and not need it than to need it and Precisely. not have it. Precisely. I didn't say I was going to like go back and try to be a hero. I okay, said, that's what I thought that you were trying to do. <laughs> no, I'm trying to have a gun on me, my friend. Okay, all right. All right. That makes a little bit more. That makes a lot more sense now, actually, because I thought that you were going to try and like shoot this person. And I'm like, no, uh, I just want to. Yeah, I just wanna... we got we got the thing. Let's let's skedaddle, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so it's copied over. You're you're you are in the clear now. Right, I am just trying to... It's not copied over. It's not copied over. I'm at this point, I'm just taking the whole thing. Because we're obviously not going to be like, oh, no, but they also, here's your jacket back, because I copied it. So you don't, like, what I'm no, hearing is like, you don't I think love that... the, oh, no, kind of activities. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, is that clear? You, you guys are giving up on the, the second portion of the mission, trying to sneak it back onto him? I mean... I don't really think unless, it matters anymore. Unless we have time to yeah. sneak it into... Just leave it in the jacket and toss it. What yeah. I will just say, from the GM's perspective, just so you, we know the choice that we're making if you don't complete the second half of the mission, is that if Sellers Montag doesn't end the night with his personal network device, uh, it will have implications for the use of the information you want to get off of it, vis-a-vis -vis right. Shell Spade's location. Yeah, I was going to say, they, we, they do biolock stuff. So, I mean, you'll, you'll have the information. You'll get it. 
But, you know, for instance, if Shell Spade is in a secure location right now, but they don't know, they don't think anyone's coming for him. If that information gets lost, there's a good chance he gets moved somewhere else. Right. Mm hmm. Um, or maybe security gets increased, right? Uh, something will happen as a consequence of not completing the second objective in the mission. All right. I still think we do have a moment in the chaos to not just run quite yet. You know, you don't have to make that decision yet either, right? Um, right. But that is just a, I'm putting that on the table as a, if you don't complete that part of this mission before you are out of here, that will have a repercussion later. Right, right, right. But it won't deny, you know, it won't be a mission failure. Like, you're still going to get the information you need as long as you get home with that network device. But it will lead to complications is what I want to try and, you know. That's the only thing I wanted to, so you know right. what you're doing yeah. when you make that choice. Yeah. Uh, but let's do this roll first, and then we can worry about that after. Yeah. Okay. I think we're just doing straight. One dice, risky standard, prowl. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that works for me. Let's get right. some dice rolling early on. Let's just see what the what the energy the dice are bringing to the mm -hmm. table tonight is. Rolling. Three. Mm. Oh, <laughs> that's a good sign. Um, that is a three. So a three is a failure. Uh, and so what does that consequence look like? You're probably asking yourself in this moment. Carter is shot in the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Instant death. Like, you can still resist, right? No. Um, Des has to weaken and Bernie Bernie's him out of out <laughs> of the, the rest of the mission. <laughs> okay. What happens here is I'm gonna move this situation into desperate uh, because Carta, you start kind of like sneaking towards the gun, and you said it kind of well earlier. Um, Almeric yet is kind of like like a you know like a cat backed into a corner or something here, right? Like. Mm -hmm. You know, she's on edge. Um, and maybe that tells you, like, like something here, right? In that, like... Hyacinth Corrin is down there moving with, with grace and confidence. Uh, just kind of, like, tearing through these security guards in his move to get to Rhodes. Uh, and you saw it earlier that Almaric seemed nervous. She's maybe not, like, the same kind of combatant that, that Hyacinth Corrin is. Yeah. But she does have fundamental power. And so I think, you know, she's kind of hyper alert. And so Carta starts to move and you're maybe halfway to where the gun is. And her head snaps, eyes locked on where Carta is at. And I think she says no. And with her hands, she kind of gestures like uh, palms open, fingers splayed out at just the ground below her and this fundamental glow in her eyes and coming off of her tattoos intensifies and the, the, the balcony, the VIP box that you're in shakes, it shudders and near the walls, near the door where you're at Desmond, you can hear like the groaning creak of metal and the shriek of cabling snapping. And suddenly the entire balcony lurches. It's at a drunken tilt facing down. And the gun oh. slides down past Carta all the Fuck. way to the edge of the balcony. And everyone kind of stumbles and, and kind of, you know, falls and shudders back. I, oh. I think <laughs> except yeah. <laughs> except That's what everybody it's, it sounds just like that except yeah. a lot of um except for of course the, the Kylaxian river stand is like perfectly mm -hmm. held in place you know 
keeping Rebus actual stable behind her. But yeah, the entire balcony shudders and shakes and then it's kind of at this drunken tilt. And I think what you realize is happening is that it's starting to pull away from the supports and structures. It is starting to kind of lean drunkenly away from the wall that it's built into. Almerkiet is using the fundament to tear this balcony away from the wall. And so that is why this situation has gone from risky to desperate. Uh, and that why that gun has now slid past Carta and is now, you know, it, I don't think it's flown off the balcony yet, but now it's like closer to her. Like it's, you know, against like the, the balcony, like wall and railing. She tilted it down towards her. She tilted it down towards the, yeah, like the, the, the arena, arena right? in general. Yeah, okay. yeah. So the entire thing is going to maybe soon, sooner than not, going to kind of tear away from the wall and just crash down into the arena. She's tearing the whole thing apart. And how many, how many, what's the de- drop on that? No, not crazy. Probably like 30 feet, 40 feet. But nothing that it would it not gonna... be good for anyone on that balcony. No, it would suck to happen yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> it's also a distance that Hyacinth Corin kind of comfortably kind of stepped off of and landed with like an anime right. uh, drop. Um, but he's, you know, uh, a space wizard. And yeah. no one here is, as far as I know. Where is Gentian Net? Is he safe? Is he okay? <laughs> uh, clinging to the backside of Sellers' bodyguard also, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my heavens. <laughs> He's visibly flustered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like, uh, walrus mustache is, like, splayed out, right? Like, they've, like, okay. Like... <laughs> okay, I have a question. Is, is Carta in danger of sliding off at this point in time? Um, I think everyone's footing has been shaken, but no one, it's... It has. It's not the state yet where everyone is sliding off, but like you're all suddenly off kilt, right? Yeah, um, bracing yourself. At, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but not not in the the next moment. It's not going to happen. But I think if no one interferes with Elmeric yet, she's probably going to tear this whole balcony down. Well, shit. Mm-mm. I'm not saying anything because that puts a gun a little bit closer to me. So. Oh yeah, you don't have a gun either. You only had yeah, uh, none of us fake video yeah. game guns. There's part of me that just like, do we do we try to get everyone on the balcony to band together? There's only one of her. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's just going to happen. Yeah, Des. Yeah. Okay, Desmond is uh, needs to start copying that um thing right now. Basically, I was I was like planning on doing it. I think that like as soon as I got to the back of the room and began my plan of copying it so that I could replace it without having you know him knowing that it was even gone in the first place. All of this started to happen. So Des is just clutching uh, Seller's coat in the back of the room, watching all of this happening with horror and uh, fear. Yeah. Uh, and you're but you're trying to copy it. Is that the, like the action you're taking yes. right now is like making that yeah. happen? OK, I'm trying to make that. If I can just at least get that started, I can maybe, you know, assist Carta or try and organize something or. Yeah. OK. Uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, I think maybe there's a role here to like do it quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like uh, the ground is shaking, you know. You've got a moment of opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can make the role successfully, you will like connect it. It's not going to take that long to actually work, but it's about like setting it up correctly and doing it quickly and discreetly. Yeah. That I think finesse works here for me. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like finesse. I would also accept like an interface if it's like more about like making sure like the 
connections are right or whatever, but I believe finesse is probably much better for you. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you are going to, yeah, just draw the thing together and make the copy. So I think, you know, the flip side of doing that is, yeah, like that's the thing you're focusing on instead of stopping Elmeric for this, 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 yes. for this moment. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. So this is still desperate because the balcony could f- fall off at any moment, right? The ground is shaking underneath your feet. People are freaking out. Um, yeah. So this is desperate to start with. You have two in finesse. I think this is, is desperate standard to begin with. Do you want to use your daredevil ability here? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when you roll a desperate action, you get plus one dice to your roll. If you also take minus one dice to any resistance rolls against any consequences from your action. So that puts me at, yeah, three. I'm going to stick with three for sure. Cool. Yeah, why don't we we get that that finesse roll and then we can see if Desmond's able to kind of get this machine working and uploading. Six, baby. Oh, yeah. that's a full success. That's great. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I think, you know, you withdraw this kind of like a... Uh, you know, this kind of like hard plastic brick that is like wrapped in these uh, apparatus cables. And are you doing this like under Sellers' coat? Like what's the, how does, how is Des kind of like, give me a little picture here of what this is, is for you. While everyone is focused on this, you know, crazy stuff that's going on, Des is, you know, pulled out the thing. He's literally just like facing the corner. He's got his back to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> As if somebody were to see him, they go, hey, what are you doing? He'd be like, nothing. Uh, you know? <laughs> pissy, here in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I get scared. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, so I think as you yeah. bring, like, uh, Sellers' this, like personal network device near this device that was given to you by Seldom Row. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, kind of the thing that happens before it happens is like the cables themselves kind of come alive as it gets near this Ugh. other device, right? They, like, uncoil, Ugh. like, tendrils and they almost like snatch it out of your hand as they come close to each other. Right. Uh, they like hug around it. And like the ports on the ends of these cables are like slithering over Sellers's phone, finding these different connections uh, or into his personal network device, finding these different connections. And then once it's like found the connections, it's brought directly against the hard body of the, the copy device, the cloning device. And there is like a kind of like a brief, like sudden burst of warmth from it, right? Like it's super heated. Not enough to burn your hand, but there's like, I think there's like a moment maybe where Desmond almost feels that urge to drop it. It gets so hot so quickly. Good God. Uh, and it is uh, rapidly and accurately copying all of the data on the personal network device. And uh, this is like, you know, as this is happening, you can hear this creaking of the, the balcony, the lurching. And I think behind you, uh, you hear the voice of Rebus actual. He's he's speaking rapidly and decisively, not panicked, but like there is this kind of uh, obvious edge of urgency in his voice. Uh, you know, as he is, he's directing security in the building. He's explaining the situation, you know, and I think he's, you know, probably like calling off. I don't ha- I don't have anything prepared here, but like, uh, you know, like response code names, right? like Umbra task force, like to the diadem arena right now, you know, we've got a situation critical, that kind of thing. You know, he's trying to take control of the situation in his casino that is spiraling out of control rapidly. But I think, yeah, you do it. You are, you are unnoticed. You have not like provoked Almeric yet any further. And I think, you know, like this balcony gives another lurch. And then, yeah, this, like I said, this thing gives like a, 
you know, a beep or a, a signal, a light goes on to it. You know, yeah, light, right? a light goes from red to green after a moment. Uh, and then the cables release, they relax, right? They, they slowly like, retract into the body of the, the clone device. And you now have a, a perfect copy of the personal network device. I think Dez takes a moment. He looks at it like horrified and kind of thinking, that's it. That's it's all done. That's all I had to do. All right. Uh, OK. And um, he slips Seller's personal device back into his cloak. And he's going to try and like get it at least near him or something so that he, he'll he'll pick right. it up. I mean, it slid around in the. Yeah, the like, of the yeah exactly. There's a lot going on. He's not going to re- be like, oh, why is it there now? Before we get that moment, right? Like, I think we see, you know, Dez turn back towards that room. Maybe that's the moment we cut the camera back to the arena floor. Big zoom out. Yeah. Yeah, big zoom out. You know, the sound of, you know, like Desmond's like look back towards where Sellers is. Tracking shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pulling back and then the camera comes down to uh, where Rhodes is. In the background noise, right, there's the punctuation of like gunfire, you know, amidst the screeching metal of the balcony tearing apart. Uh, this is the, the gunfire of security forces back on the arena floor. And so, yeah, we our camera pulls at, back and out of the balcony and then comes down 40 feet to like a wide shot of where uh, Rhodes uh, amidst like the flickering terrain of the foray game board. Your rival, Hyacinth Corin, is marching across the board towards you. You know, you kind of rolled out of your seat uh, in like a nimble dodge away from uh, his his initial attack with this fundamental kind of beam pistol, which he has holstered. He has holstered that and he is striding towards you. And so, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, my question here is, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, like previously having like kind of leapt from this crane arm pilot seat, I suppose we're kind of crossing each other on this. I like the idea of this like flickering, you know, holographic battlefield kind of phasing in and out around us as I'm sure all the wires are, you know, cooking at this point. Mm-hmm. Where is the balcony in relation to us? Um, let's say it's to your right. Uh, you okay. know, and so it he's is not like under it, right? No, it's like, you know, I think that there's like a, underneath it is probably a, kind of an empty space in the arena seating. Right. And like doorways underneath it that you would use to get to the staircase that brings you up to it. Uh, So it'll probably crash kind of into this empty space below. And, you know, yeah. So he's there. He's striding towards you. The crowd is starting to panic now. Right. People are kind of pushing, trying to get towards exits. You know, there are some security guards in this room, but several of them have already been eliminated by the kind of mirrored portals that Hyacinth has used to deflect their own. Uh, shots back at them, basically paying them no mind, right? They're, they are inconsequential to him in this moment. Yeah, I'm like imagining, you know, the the kind of chaos and the noise around us just being like backdrop, you know, like it's almost like quiet here. And he, you said he's holstered the pistol. So I suppose then, I mean, I'm deeply unarmed. So uh, <laughs> I think I am striding towards Hyacinth kind of across this field, maybe sizing each other up a little bit. Mm-hmm. As I'm doing this, I want to take a quick glance around to see like, what are the, where, where are the other pilots uh, who are participating in foray? Several of them have been eliminated during the game. And when they mm-hmm. were eliminated, their seats went back under the arena into the staging area that you were in before you rose up. Okay. The only two who were still left, I believe were Cormac Kalis and and palace again uh and so those two have both i think just now like removed their helmets and i think you can see 
you know, Cormac Kalis has like kind of like leapt down from his seat and I think is, you know, doing kind of the same thing that you are on a different side of the arena. He is like eyes towards exits, towards like possible avenues of action. You know, he is like a trying to figure out what the hell is going on and also like what's my best way to get out of this moment alive. Uh, and I think Palace again has just kind of quietly slipped out of the seat and is like standing there kind of impassively, right? I think uh, arms crossed even. Yeah, yeah. Just like arms crossed, like watching what's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of like a a blank expression almost, you know, like stone faced. I think as uh, I kind of like stride across this, you know, flickering battlefield, I'm going to give kind of like just a sidelong glance to Cormac Kalis and just kind of, you know, be like, this would be a great time, you know, to, if you wanted to join the cause or anything, but not like counting on that. And I think as we kind of walk towards each other, closing the distance of like, you know, 15, 10, you know, five feet to in front of each other until we, you know, are eventually like right looking at one another. Um, I think it's kind of weird. One, seeing, you know, like this distant mirror. But I think Rhodes just say something like, how many times must we play this game? What happens now? Are you going to kill me? Arrest me? We can do it as many times as you need. Just one more time. I think I've heard that before. You have some new tricks up your sleeve, I see. And so, yeah, you guys, you guys are like close now, right? I think he has stopped. I think he, I think Rhodes even like grabs his forearm or something, right? Like, and oh, just, you get um, in there, yeah. Like, uh, I've known Hyacinth for something like two hundred years at this point. We've probably crossed paths, I don't know, eight, nine times on a, you know, on a battlefield in a station you know all these different moments i think kind of flash back into the presence here and i think like is uh just kind of like looking at the like um quicksilver fill on the ceramic as i think it's like kind of coming at him like a friend sort of yeah that's an interesting approach yeah you know i think there's a moment where he you know he doesn't like us respond immediately with an attack right you know the just one more time and then i think you know he says i will kill you eventually but first, I will take back what belongs to me. And then we will take you apart, plate by plate, and wire by wire, to understand what defect exists in you that you would turn against all that is righteous. Oh, Corin. And I guess like my question for you, what's your move here? Because if you don't have one, rivals can make a move at any time, and he's going to make a move. I kind of wanted to give the chance here to see what was happening. and You know, there's no... There's no softness in his expression, right? It's like, uh, you know, this uh, monocular slit is blazing with fury and purpose, right? Well, uh, I think Rhodes is stalling for time a little bit here. And I think as uh, they continue talking, I'm going to I'm going to try to get him talking here um, while I'm pulling out and trying to activate a remote vehicle control. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> which, you know, I don't know how close that is. But anyway, I'm going to try and fiddle with that, which I think is probably like a uh, switch, you know, maybe on like a hip belt that is essentially like a beacon, like, you know, come to my location uh, switch. And as we're kind of doing that, I think I'm going to like poke the bear a little bit, you know, and I think there's like a pause, right? As he's like, I'm going to kill you and take what's mine. Where Rhodes probably sort of just looks down and shakes his head. Since, you know... When you're up there in the darkness between stars on an expeditionary spire ship, tell me, you know, do your captors 
or your masters, I should say, do they pay you the courtesy of not mentioning your failure? Or do they commend you for your complicity? Okay. Um, this feels to me like maybe you're using sway to or consort one of these to like. Yeah, I think sway. I'm just trying to like get him talking and be like, you know, we I kn- I knew you before you were a zealot. Yeah. So this is good. Yeah, I mean, this I think, uh, you know, just to hit the mechanics of it briefly, there's an eight segment clock that represents Hyacinth. Uh, and that clock needs to be filled before you can kind of dispatch him as an obstacle during this mission. I think working on this with a sway is good, and you're using this time to, you said, so you're summoning the redshift towards the lost crown right now, is that what you're doing? That's cool. I like that a lot. Let's, uh, I think this is a desperate action, which means you'll take an XP for this, and also, Malcolm, you should take an XP for your, your previous role. So yeah, this is, I think, desperate. I think... Maybe this is standard. I was going to say it was limited effect because of, he's a, a higher tier than you, but I think you are, uh, you know, kind of uniquely hitting at a, you know, he's a higher tier because he's a uh, a space wizard robot. Is this a bond or not? Um, a belief? You do have a belief with him. Yeah, I do. Uh, which was, I, I think you're, 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 I don't know if you've read this before. You have a belief with him, which is I knew you on Feldspar. You're definitely leveraging that here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think this is still desperate, but I'm I'm gonna say standard effect to start. Okay. Uh, and you actually maybe great effect because uh, I think this is actually really hitting at the thing that is his weak point, right? Like uh, the the kind of like one thing that his armor and his quicksilver can't protect against. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna roll one d six on that, and I have a question. I have two level one harm, scratched and enervated. Those are, will give you less effect, but I think they'll give you less effect for physical actions. Physical. This is actually like like the one thing that I think is not hit by those. Okay. I would say you're, you're welcome to push yourself here if you would like an extra dice. Sure. Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off. I'm just gonna roll one d six for now. All right. Bold. I love it. Oh, fuck! It's a one. Oof. <sighs> yeah, I will mark remote vehicle gear. All right. You have a fine remote vehicle control. It's your the ace. Uh, that is a one though, huh? Yes, it is. Mm. <laughs> okay. So I think, you know, you're arm and arm gripping, you know, right? I think Heisen has a grip of your, on your forearm and you his, right? Mm-hmm. I think he says, I serve only one master and I aim to achieve the purpose that he built me for. Any mistake along that path, any misstep will be forgiven once I have retrieved the things I am owed, and I have done my final duty. He pulls you closer with the arm, right? Like, he pulls you into this kind of hug, I think. You know, so that it's like, uh, you know, he grabs your arm and pulls you into him so that you are, like, shoulder to shoulder, chest to chest, you know, gripping, he's gripping your forearm, and he's gripping now in a way that is, like, not, he's not planning to let go. Uh, And so his face, I think, you know, is, like, uh, beside yours. When you are gone... Rhodes, I will not think of you. And then you feel an icy coldness spreading out from the point in your back where he has stabbed a dagger made out of this same quicksilver that has kind of crawled up his wrist on his other hand and formed into his hand into this long kind of icicle of a knife. He has plunged it into Rhodes' back. Uh, And I think that is going to be the, the level three harm pierced. Uh, you are, of course, welcome to resist that. Yeah, I'm going to resist that. So what does resisting this look like? 
Well, uh, kind of a bad time to come in light. I think resisting this is I, I don't know. Tell me, do I have to mark gear to resist something here? No, it's just you're going to take six stress minus the highest result of the attribute that you use to resist. I imagine prowess since this is like a physical consequence. Yeah, um, I think this is like sheer force of will trying to push through this because Rhodes knows, I think, as he would tell you know, I think Hyacinth through gritted teeth, you know, like I think as this, you know, uh, sickle like is piercing through his body, you know, I think through pain, just here to get it out to say, but you will, because you'll always know it's not the tools that make the man. You could never wield the machine as I can. Ooh, good. This would go down to a level one harm. I would take it two levels below, but you have two level one harms. Mm hmm. Um, so I think resisting here is still going to give you the level two harm. I still got to roll for it anyway, don't I? You do. Well, you, you resist no matter what. It's just how much stress you're going to take. Um, the resist like succeeds automatically. Go ahead and roll 3d6. Uh, well, you'll take stress uh, equals six minus the highest result there. Six is the highest result. Three, four and six. Oh, so that is uh, that is no stress. Um, you will still take the level two harm. What is what is like a, the step down from this? You got you got an adjective here for me. I, I don't know. I'm like thinking. I guess like, he <laughs> still has stabbed me through. Yes. Maybe it's like bleeding or something. Um, yeah, bleeding works here. I think. Um, or um, yeah, I think the like um, I imagine like like a pipe ruptures inside in roads and there's like yeah, a black exactly. oil spilling out. Is it's a black oil? I don't know. We just, we, I think it's black, right? I think you said... we talked about like ferrolymph. Like you know, bugs have like hemolymph. I think these synthetics of like ferrolymph, which is uh, in my mind, it's like, yeah, black is cool. I was thinking of like in all those uh, Ridley Scott movies, it's always like white, white. milky stuff. Yeah. Ooh, I like white milky, too. That's actually good. Yeah. Um, so you will now take minus one dice to okay. <laughs> physical actions. Um, and I think as you say that he he physically recoils from the the blow of the words shoves Rhodes back away from you from him right he he gives you a, like a, a push that sends you like you know sliding across the floor 10 feet away uh and as you slide you know and as you your slide comes to a stop I think he has one thing he says after he pushes you uh which is that I think he looks at the the beeping light at your hip from the the fine remote vehicle control I think that the signal still went through and I think he says how kind of you to bring it here to me. Uh, and I think on that, I want to cut back up to the balcony. Well, perfect. I got a bunch of solutions up here on how to help with that. What's up, balcony boys? How's it going up there? Things seem bad downstairs. <laughs> Hopefully it's a little nicer than the nosebleeds. Yeah, so what's what's yeah, what's up uh, in the balcony, friends? What is the move here? You've you've got the thing copied. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Desmond, you You've got it copied. You've kind of turned and moved back a little bit towards Carta. You are closer to sellers at this point still, but there's still this kind of crush of people. And Almark yet, I think, is yeah, they're kind of like, you know, eyes blazing, kind of like I think probably a little bit more focused now on channeling her forces into just tearing this balcony down um, than she is, you know. She's not like swiping in front of her anymore. She's kind of maybe let her guard down for a moment, or if not let her guard down, she's right. Instead, putting all of her energy into just tearing this balcony apart with her mind, like you do. Uh, is there? Do we know at all whether, like, does she have like her own levitation powers? 
Do we, we don't know. Mm, we no, don't know. Say, yeah, I, up in the air. I, I don't think it's even clear to you if she plans on like surviving right, this thing. But we, you do know she has magic powers right. in a way that you don't. So probably she can get out yeah, of the yeah, yeah. fall better than anyone <laughs> you're else. Just gonna, <laughs> you're just gonna stay in here and die with all of us. Um. I think I I'm first. I'm gonna get on the horn and just let everybody know that everything is canceled. Everything everything is um everything's canceled. <laughs> Show's <laughs> over, folks. Back in it. Hey guys, the tournament is actually done. We yeah, are getting word right now that the tournament is officially over. No one has been declared winner, and also no one will lose it. Thank you, dude. Yeah, let's go ahead and put the put a tick on the old uh. Diadem Royale clock. It's almost <laughs> finished. Please move to the exits. <laughs> oh. uh, the the transfer. <laughs> Damn, Pete. Cold as the Rockies over there, bro. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm getting on the horn and I'm saying like, hey, the transfer's done. <laughs> And um, I'm gonna totally uh, give him his jacket and everything back. What What are you guys doing? Yeah, we know what uh, Rhodes is doing. Uh, well, here's the question: What am I doing? Which is yeah. some, somewhat even scarier to me. Um, I guess Card is gonna turn to um, Py- Python, like because they're all I imagine crouched down, coming in a similar area, and just are we gonna let her tear this off? Can we? There's more of there are more of us than there are of her. And and after saying that, turn to Rebus and be like, Rebus, what do we do? You know, like hopefully that there can be like a a kind of a swelling of action on the balcony that either forces her to do something or gets enough people heading that direction that, you know, I don't know. She has to focus more on protecting herself than there is like tearing the balcony off, perhaps. But uh, I think it's kind of like a, a rallying cry of what we're just, what are we all going to do? Collapse here on this balcony? Okay. Is that the action? That sounds like an action to me. That sounds like a, like a, a thing yeah, you should be I doing. Think, I mean. And I'm like, yeah, I'm with, I'm like with a- Gall Teller and we should, yeah, Rebus, come on. Let's, let's all bum rush her. I guess it's, yeah. Sway, swaying the people of like using the, like the charm or whatever, the, the report, repartee that we've built up all night. Like that, what are we going to do? We can't, we can't just let her, let us all die. I'm not going to stand here and let her just collapse us on there without trying to do something. I'll take that. Yeah. Um. This sounds like sway. I would say, like you, like you said, you have built up this like uh this rapport with these people. They know you, and I think you know, you're striking at the moment. Um. I think this is still a desperate action. So take an XP in uh, resolve. Um. But yeah, I think this is. A desperate, great effect. You're starting off with one dice. I know you don't want to push yourself because that's going to put you at at uh, a scar. Mm-hmm. Is Desmond helping you here? Absolutely. I think I think this is definitely a time for me to help. Right, because if we can also, you know, if we can also is silently get on the horn to our companions, you know, say that we're we're dealing with the, like communicate that we're dealing with the, the stress upstairs, and hopefully that I don't know that maybe. Hyathens will feel the need to come up and protect his own in that regard, too. Yeah. Um, the goal of trying to go towards her and get the crowd to help. Yeah, I like that. Um, so if you want to help Desmond, that is too stress for you. Oh, can I handle that right now? I think I can. Yeah, you have four. So that, you, you still have room to, to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that will give you 
you can give Carta both uh, an extra dice. You can also give him an increased, a better position uh, because he is uh, because you have two. Uh, you so you have two ticks in your connection clock with him, so you can give him two benefits from uh, an assist. So you give him an increased position. Let's call that risky great then. Um, two dice. Right, and you know it's just who are you? Who are you to do this to us? You, you, you step up here with all this fucking power? This is this is not what this event was for. I, none of us. None of us should be acceptive of this. What, are we going to die here in a pile of rubble? Because this person decided it needed to happen? You know. Um, yeah, this is, this is a vulgar display of power, I, I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perhaps um, we can legislate this away. <laughs> well, it's looking like the people on the balcony are getting extra upset. Let's see what goes to them. <laughs> Uh, roll them bones. Give me 2d6. Rolling 2d6. Two and a six. Nice. Hell yeah. It's gonna yeah. be a big scoop for the Sedge Sentinel. Ooh, yeah. Galteller did die in it regardless of what happens. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you, you spur the crowd to action. I think a couple of things happen here. Kind of in, in very rapid sequence. There are three individuals who find themselves kind of moving. The entire crowd kind of pushes in a little bit. But I think it's kind of three other people here who take the lead. The first is Python Noate, the the bodyguard of of Sellers Montag, who I think I think Sellers like you know looks at you and is like, yeah right, and like kind of slaps Python on the back. He's like, come on, let's get him right, and then you know still standing behind him, yeah. kind of pushes <laughs> yeah. him forward a little bit. And I think uh, so. Python Noate kind of moves in on Almeric yet, uh, and next to him. The Chirop Terran with the, the one-eyed bat symbol on his lapel, uh, this guy Lambo Rador, I think, reaches into the suit jacket uh, and pulls out, you know, it's, what does it look like, right? It probably looks like a, a cigarette case um, that I think, you know, as he holds it, it like folds in a way that like a knife punches out from the bottom of it, right? Mm -hmm. And revealing that he did, in fact, manage to get a weapon in here also. Uh, And so I think that those two move in first. Uh, And so this is a success. This is a six. Mm -hmm. Risky position. And so I think what happens, you know, is that they kind of move in and the the balcony stops, like, rapidly shaking as Almeric yet shifts her attention. And I think she, you know, swipes in front of her with that fundamental blade, you know, trying to get them to back off. And, you know, Lambeau Rador kind of does like, you know, they're, they're kind of exchanging these kinds of like hesitant swipes. And then I think Python Noate just moves in to grab her, right? He he goes in full force, this, this big four-armed robotic man. Uh, and as he does move in at her, her eyes blaze like a brilliant white, right? Like it's light spilling out from them. And she brings her hand down towards him. Uh, but it's not her hand that she hits him with. It is like a, a raw expression of fundamental force. It's the same force she's been using to tear this balcony apart, just directed on him. And, you know, there's another sound of screeching metal, as I think like the the chassis of Python is just crumpled under the force of the blow. You know, I, I don't know if it's clear immediately if he's dead or not, but he's immediately struck down by the force of her attack. But in the moment afterwards, you know, that light kind of drains from her eyes and her tattoos lose that glow. And she's kind of, you know, like heavy breath panting. Uh, And I think that is the moment when River, the Kylaxian bodyguard of Rebus Actual, steps forward. And I think, you know, in the same way that you would like swing at a bug, swats her. 
uh, with one arm and sends her sailing off the balcony. Uh, but I think also as River steps forward, the weight of this Kylaxian, you know, there's another heavy groan of the balcony. Uh, and it's like clear, you know, there are sparks shooting out. It's clear the balcony is not long for this world anymore. And I think at the back of the room, Rebus actual shouts like everyone into the halls. Security is on the way. Follow me. I'll bring you to a secure location. And so, yeah, you have obviated the threat of Almeric yet, right? She has been knocked sailing across the room off the balcony. But the balcony is not going to last that long. Uh, but your your immediate threat there has been taken care of. I guess running up, like, as people start to scramble towards the door, following Rebus's kind of, like, rule, or, like, declaration that security's coming, runs up to, you know, Des and is like, do, do we need to get down there? Like, I, I don't, he's, he's unarmed, I, I don't know what the situation is. Do we need to go now? <sighs> I know how I feel without a fucking gun. We're we're unarmed as well. I think that maybe the best option we have for him is to just clear a path so we can get out and live to fight another day. I think, I, yeah, I, I think, I think, but first, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, but hold on. But first, and then I take Seller's jacket and maybe just like put it on his shoulders or something. <laughs> you shove it into him as he's like scrambling. I shove it in here. and I was like, yeah. we gotta get out of here, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that there is, you know, just to give it to you, that was a success. Uh, you can see that that pistol is still, like, resting at the base of the balcony, right? Mm-hmm. The, the side that's, like, leaning towards the arena, it is, like, kind of on the edge there. Okay. Then I go, Des, get out. I'll be right behind you. And, you know, kind of does the hop over a chair. You see him slide through a little bit of debris and swipes up the gun. And looking over the balcony, can he... uh I think the timelines have synced. You can see Rhodes on the ground having just been knocked back, right? A trail of this milky white, like, ferro-limp fluid, uh, like, from where he slid across the now, like, dimly flickering foray Okay, and then as that happens, you know, caught with the horror scene, uh, Rhodes kind of reel back, gun in hand, kind of just using the eye of the marksman that he's, he's got, you know, just shouts, Relic! And tries to, uh, you know, say a name that maybe uh, Hyacinth doesn't recognize, so he doesn't know exactly who's being shouted at, but does his best (laughs) to get that gun down to him before the balcony collapses and goes, um, he leans over the balcony as he like kind of loses balance and tries to like scramble up before anything else gives out and uh, tries to get to a uh, place closer to safety. Um, I don't think that there has to be a role for that. I, you know, I think that's, that's cool. And that can be kind of an extension of the success here, right? We see that pistol sailing through the air and, you know, it, it hits the foray board and then slides skittering until it lands spinning like near roads on the ground. Yeah, like in a puddle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Des, you said you know what you're doing next? Yeah, I'm going to go, um, find the bikes, I guess. And, you know, cause we didn't ride, we rode in on, um, what, what are they called again? Dust cutters. Dust cutter. Dust cutter bikes. Dust cutters. I think that those bikes are in, I, I would say those bikes are in like uh, the parking garage, right? They are like floors below you. Yeah. You guys are on the, like the third floor of this building or the second story of this building right now. 
Yeah. I think, you know, uh, in terms of like thinking about exits. Yeah, it's probably not probably not gonna be able to get that. I was like, I was kind of ho- I was kind of hoping that like maybe like, you know, Megan Carden, like uh, Utah Alexander could like swoop in <laughs> and like scoop him up right on the foray board on the dust cutters <laughs> and like zoom out and have like a like a little chase through the casino. But I think it might be like a more uh, you might need a, like a more immediate plan of exit than getting to those at the moment. They're they're a distance from you at this point. Um, we can also we can also come back to Rose here if you don't have a thing uh, locked in. Let him. Did I take any segments on the hyacinth clock? No, because that was a failure. You also I would, I would just say you don't have to fill his clock yeah, to escape. Um, just curious. So I think we maybe go from like camera, you know, this gun sliding across the floor, imagining end over end, kind of resting at the edge of like a you know puddle of like hemolymph synthetic blood, and I think there's probably like you know. A split second of Carta throwing it, it hitting the ground, clattering as Rhodes, I think, is collecting probably like one hand, you know, over the wound. Blood still spilling out as he grabs it. I think shoots a glance up to Hyacinth. You can tell me what he's doing, but I think it's just something like, you know, is this what you imagined? Is this the glory you were promised springing forth out of jewelry to attack an unarmed rival? Far cry from scripture. And I think... Right then, I'm going to uh, pull another tool. Uh, I think I'm going to mark climbing gear. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that two? Uh, climbing gear is is two, yes. But you get uh, two extra load of tools and gear because of your recon rigging. So you will still have two load left over after this climbing gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like gun in hand, uh, other one probably reaching for like an ascender, you know, kind of like a grap, one of the grapnels we've seen before could chunk. Like I'm going to shoot up to the ceiling, um, like hopefully try and just get out of this immediate kind of foray battlefield. Uh, and I think as the, you know, ascender is winching me up, I'm going to start kind of just like letting off shots at Corrin. Sure. Um, Damn, that was my that was my second idea to drop in from the ceiling and rescue like that movie Brazil. (laughs) (laughs) Are you like where are you shooting yourself into like into the stands or. So my understanding is we're on the the floor. There's like a second catwalk around it and there's a layer on top. But it sounds like some of the infrastructure of the building is kind of like falling apart. Uh, in this like arena, yeah, I think like that this balcony box is again have like been pulled out and it's pulling the wall out with it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and get between where that wall is separating because my goal is to try and get out of this building, at least up to the catwalk. Like I'm, I'm just trying to get out of immediate stabbed with a quicksilver. S- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think like, uh, yeah, yeah, there's probably is like a yeah, catwalk, like rafter situation above that you can kind of bring yourself into. So yeah, I'm, where I'm trying- like the light, the projectors for four AR. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, like, a, of course, there is like a rigging up there and like crew rigging up there. for sure. There's like a place up there. I don't know if like, I don't think that the balcony box is necessarily pulling away from like the exterior wall. Okay. Cause I think the arena is like, you know, inside this bigger building that we're in. Well, you can't knock me for trying. Uh, but there are probably walls here that I would say are against the exterior. If you were trying to like blast your way out or something. Uh, for right now, I'm just trying to kind of like shoot some rounds off here and get out of like immediate stabbing range. Yeah. Um, what is the action that you think you're doing here? Uh, I think this is probably, you know, finesse acting quickly using a tool to try and like zip out of here. Yeah, I guess if the question is if the role is focused on fighting or focused on escape. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I guess that's my question. Yeah, for sure. I'm not in any shape to continue fighting here. I'm like, I'm yeah. already pretty messed up. So I'm kind of just trying to get out and use some cover fire. Um, I do think that your injuries are going to come into play here. I think that's probably true. Uh, which I think you're going to take minus one dice here because you are you are bleeding heavily. You're trying to do things with both arms and you've got this like, you know, you've been pierced heavily in the shoulder by this uh, this Quicksilver knife. Mm-hmm. So I think that is going to knock you down a dice. Okay. Um, so what's a devil's bargain look like? Fucking this situation, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That is a give me a do you have a suggestion for one? I'm open. I now I was kind of just putting it out there to <laughs> see what you had going. Does anybody at the table have one? I'm I'm kind of open. Uh, what how's a way this situation could get worse right now <laughs> in not getting up into the rafters fully? The uh, no, no, this, is, oh, this is a devil's bargain. So it's like a, a thing that's bad. That is unrelated to the thing Rode is doing or that it will happen regardless of what he does. I mean, the only thought I had is like structural damage, like the building is collapsing. Yeah, let's go with that, actually. Um, you know, what's always like fun uh, is if you introduce the fire into a situation, I think, yeah, uh, the balcony has been tearing apart. These cables are kind of like whipping around. And there's like a power surge, right? And I think maybe it starts on the board, right? Mm. Suddenly, like the board's lights like go from like dimming to like hyper light, like the, the light intensifies. And then we hear like bulbs popping and cracking as this power surge runs through the entire system. And I think you see like bursts of flame start to come up from underneath the foray board. Yeah. There's a fire in the under system that undergirds everything that has started now because of like the faulty electronics from like all of the structural damage that's happening. Uh, so yeah, there's like a fire starting to go up into the room. Uh, that'll be about devil's bargain. If you, if you want to take so, that dice and that would give me greater effect. That would give you an extra dice, which would put extra you back dice. one dice instead of zero for finesse. I'll take it. Um, do you want to push yourself here? Yeah. That is two dice, baby. Um, do I have anything else tricky here? Can I take my red comet 1D forward? Uh, what is this? Uh, my special ability. When you, Your reputation as a pilot of great skill. Uh, when you try to impress or dismay someone using your reputation, take 1D. Yeah, I, th- I think... Probably should have actually used it previously when I was being snarky. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll carry it forward. I think your your line about being the better pilot is like a good rejoinder. Let's roll that one into this. Yeah, I'm I'm happy right. to give you that here. Okay, three d six. Three d six to get up and out of there. Desperate uh, standard effect. That's a six, baby. Ooh. So that's a XP for desperate, right? It's an XP for desperate in prowess. Yeah. We've been really throwing out the sixes tonight. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, yeah, you're able to hook into the rafters and you're, you're firing shots. And the thing that you have is like a heavy, like hand cannon. It's not like a light firearm. I think like, it's like, you know, like a heavy, like these guards that are around Rebus are, you know, they were around Rebus, Like you know, the gun they were carrying was meant to like put someone down quickly. If there was a threat to Rebus actual. And so I think the same thing happens where like, you get a shot on him uh, as... I'm not shooting at him. Uh, I think my thought was 
like in my mind, the foray kind of grid is like all these like squares of some kind of, you know, material that's like projecting through. Sure. And I want to yeah. try to destabilize it to like drop him into where this fire is, you know, like a. Oh, that's so cool. That's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the fire already starting. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're blasting these squares. He's stepping forward, you know, and he's looking up at you because he's so incensed by it, right? You know, you've been attacking his integrity, his his purpose. And so he's striding forward as you're firing. And so I think, you know, you that zipline hooks you up. And as you're going up and firing, you see him like striding forward across it. And he's like, I think he starts to crouch a little bit. Like he's about to try and leap up after you. And whether or not he can do that, uh, you don't get to see because as he does, that floor gives way and there's a burst of smoke and fire up as he's like collapses into the floor below. And I'm going to tick two segments on the Hyacinth Corin clock. And that is ongoing throughout the game. And if that clock fills up, it's he's out of the game entirely or is no, that for this is- mission? That is for this mission. Okay, just making sure I understand. Hyacinth Corin is a rival. And so the thing about rivals is much like your drive, you can't kill a rival unless you spend two drive clocks to do so. Uh, But anytime they show up at the bare minimum, they get an eight segment segment clock, a challenge clock that represents their the challenge of them on that mission. So even if you guys kind of team up and, you know, do your worst, Hyacinth Corin you know, cannot be killed in this mission. Mm -hmm. But I think on that success, you know, you're able to, yeah, I think it's the rafters, right? You're able to hook up into the rigging above and bring yourself up and kind of, you know, pull yourself over onto a catwalk. So you're looking down now on this arena. I think a lot of the crowd has managed to flee at this point, fleeing out the exits or towards the main floor of the casino. Um, Because I think that's where most of the exits here funnel out to is into like, you're on kind of this like, you know, ancillary wing or edge of the casino of the Lost Crown. The body of it is, you know, where you were earlier, that big room with the fountains and like the the game tables and the conversation pits. And then the floor below you is like the main floor of the casino of the saloon the, that is not the lily pad lounge. Uh, and I'm going to say also here in the time that this takes to happen, uh, if, if they want to, I think Carta and Desmond are probably able to scramble out of the balcony and into the halls behind it away from like this falling structure yeah, i want to be off the balcony <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's what was my, my I think plan as soon as i'm on two feet on the catwalk above uh, Rhodes is running like sprinting for you know anything that looks like a vent anything that's going to get me outside of this building and i think as uh I'm just kind of taking off trying to get to the redshift, which is I'm hoping close by uh, coming on the throat. Mike just say Des Carta go now get out of here, get to low tower. He will not stop. This is between us way ahead of you, buddy way ahead of you. Let us know if you need any backup. I think Desmond is exiting the casino and uh, going out and, is there like a lot of chaos going on right now? People There's a running ton of outside? chaos. You know, I think you guys emerge from the the balcony booth into this like kind of hallway. You know, there are exit signs for stairs uh, that will lead you out towards like the main floor of the lily pad lounge. And I think you can see there are people in the hallway, right? Are rushing that way. Or there's kind of a crush of people all fleeing the diadem arena. 
you know, trying to get away from the chaos that is happening. And so I think it's pretty easy. You know, it feels like we're moving towards a conclusion here. I think it's pretty easy at this point in time. If Des and Carta want to kind of move with the flow of the, you know, the, the body of the crowd, it's not that hard for you guys to blend in and kind of be swept up with these other people who are exiting out into like the main casino mm-hmm. and then presumably to emergency exits from there on out to like the, the, the street. street. Yeah. I think that we make it out to the street and uh, I look to Carter and I say, you know, okay, I think we should split up, meet back at low tower. Sounds good. And then I like grand theft auto someone. <laughs> oh, I, and Carta is <laughs> running saying, over to, yeah. I need this. Carta's Sorry. running over to where they, the keys for the, uh, the bikes that we rode up on. Didn't we ride up on? Yeah. Do we want to try and go get those? I mean, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to find where the, like, what are those? The, valet? uh, the valets like held the keys and just kind of break open the door and be like, those are the keys we use. And, grab one of those and go find the bikes and speed out. That was my visual that I was going to take. I think it's kind of a narrative at this point in terms of like, I think you want to hop on the back of my bike and the both of us just ride off together. I I do want to, but I think that we should split up because we don't know who's watching. We probably would. Yeah, we would be, you know, if they could get both of us together, you know, that would be real nice little uh, score for them. So I think we should split up. All right. Well, I'm going to go grab, I'm going to go grab the keys for the bike. I'm going to go um, knock someone off of a motorcycle and, and just steal it. Both of us on motorcycles going opposite directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sneak, sneaking around the traffic. It's like in a Fast and Furious, even though uh, neither of us are dying after this, hopefully. You know, the kind of like yeah. highways speed off, you know. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Paul Walker. So, Rhodes, uh, as you two buddies are having a really easy time getting out of the building. <laughs> Uh, you're up in the rafters as the arena burns below you. Um, how does Rhodes shoot to make an exit here? Uh, I think you get like the alert, you know, on your fine remote control device that the the red shift is near. Mm-hmm. You know, your your call has been answered. Your machine has been, you know, come up through whatever kind of secret tunnel you guys use to launch out in the city, and is you know, I, you, you tell me how it's getting there, what the, what, the, what this looks like, but I think it is, you know. Your call's been answered. It's arrived. Yeah. Um, I think there's like, so we, when we were talking about the lost crown, we mentioned it's like, you know, a stone building, like a uh, kind of ancient uh, stone structure. Yeah. I think there's probably like some kind of, you know, like, I don't know, like heavy industrial venting or something, you know, like a, like a power exchange station. And I think like the redshift kind of like, tears through like some kind of you know barred uh like outflow pipe or something yeah i like that so i think what this looks like maybe i don't think I, you have to roll for the redshift to like tear this thing open uh but i do like like a closing image here maybe you know roads in the rafters like running towards like yeah like there's like you know a big yeah like you said big grating i'm thinking like you know video game like grating that you like you know uh in the wall and then suddenly it is the the fist of the redshift tearing through oh, and pulling nice. out right uh-huh. uh and you're running all on the rafters towards it and you know it is the the light of the five moons filtering in you know the the off-white armor of the the red shift on the other side um so you're only two stories up that's about high enough that the red shift is like height wise could show up here and do that yeah i think so um i love the idea of just punching an exit um 
and I think, you know, probably like as that like hand kind of rips through the wall, uh, there's sort of like a scene of, you know, Rhodes sprinting from the catwalk through this kind of opening and like running up the like forearm to the shoulder, I think, of the mech. Uh, and I think as you are like getting towards like the hand about to run up it, you hear it, your name called again from behind you. Rhodes. And there, you know, far back on the catwalk, it's Hyacinth Corrin, white ceramic armor, charred black from the smoke, cape still like burning, right? Mm -hmm. Holding that wheel lock, this like fundamental weapon aimed at you, but the redshift is there too. So I think you see him holding it outstretched, you know, uh, eye blazing, staring at you. And then he lowers the weapon and says, this is not over. I will find you again. Break the wheel, Hyacinth, or it'll keep turning. Uh, and you are, are free to escape into the night. Uh, you know, there is a kind of a, a panicked crowd flooding out out of the building around the redshift. Um, but I think you've got like a clear street to take off into the night and find your entrance back into the myriad of secret tunnels and old, you know, train routes that you you guys normally use to to move underneath coronatus and yeah i think yeah we, we close you know as the red shift escapes in the night as the bikes go off you know it's just this smoldering image of hyacinth corin standing in the punched out ruin of the exit that Rhodes has made and once the red shift is like truly out of sight i think he turns and the same shimmering mirror portal that he would like came in here through another one of these is like formed in front of him and he steps through it and it is gone as well and all that is left is like the the chaos and the quiet after your eventful evening at the Lost Crown Saloon. Mm-hmm.